So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Match Fit Football Podcast. I'm Darren Potts, your host, as always here on the show. If there's any Match Fit or any footballing needs, remember to head over to Match Fit Football on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Today's guest, he is a footballer for Pacific FC. They are they qualified for the playoffs. They're they're going strong. They're still in the Canada Cup. Everything is is happening for Pacific FC this season. And I'm joined by Jordan Haynes. So Jordan, welcome to the show. Delighted to get you here. Thanks for having me. Well, as I said, delighted to get you here, and it's been a whirlwind of a season for you guys. I know it's sort of the the football that you know the Canadian Premier League it kind of kicked off with a really with a bang, whenever it started a couple of years ago, and then obviously everything that happened kind of shut it down, playing behind closed doors and stuff. But this season with fans back, it's been an absolutely brilliant season for you guys. Are you, how are you enjoying it? It's actually been like somewhat of a dream come true. Um, you know, so I I, uh, I joined the club uh, last year, so I was right in the thick of it with uh, obviously, like you said, in the COVID things getting shut down, going behind closed doors. Um, so like everyone else that had leagues, you know, some had to do the bubble format. Um, you know, and it wasn't much of a, a great first season for me to to have you know that kind of an experience, but you know, it, it was what it was. And then getting back to somewhat of a normal season this year, you know, like you said, everything's just been kind of clicking for us Mm -hmm. currently sitting at top of the table with um, two, two matches left and in the semifinals playing against TFC uh, this coming, this coming uh, November 3rd. Uh, Mm -hmm. So everything's been going really good. It's, it's been, it's been an unreal experience so far. Uh, What was it like at the start of the season? Because it was sort of the first season back so to speak if i can use those terms if i can use the word back um you know with fans and everything beginning to get back to normal so to speak but what was the expectations at the start of the season and compare that to where you guys are now you know you mentioned it's a bit of a dream for you are you are you guys happy with where you are or is it very much like now that we're here we want to we want to keep going and we want to see it through uh, i'd say it's a bit of both really um you know like like you said coming back um it was it was kind of of a, a weird start too for our season because we we all played our first eight games uh in a bubble format and then and then started the regular season midway through um so it was kind of you know we're used to this but also like oh, it's supposed to be normal but it's not so it's kind of like uh, a bit of here a bit of both you know here and there um where it's back but it's not back and then, you know, once we finally got out of the bubble in Winnipeg, um, the season, regular season, mm-hmm. you know, obviously midway through kicked off. And mm-hmm. it was kind of a little a little weird, you could say, because, you know, COVID was is, is still much alive. You know, it was before vaccines had fully come through, uh, everyone getting fully um, uh, after two doses, two weeks, you know. So it was kind of a little weird because you know some people might be skeptical to come some people might be you know skeptical to even come near players and people in the stands and I kind of felt it myself where it was a little different but you know the atmosphere was crazy mm-hmm. because more 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 people were just loving the fact that you know football's back and they could finally come out to the game and our very first game uh you know we we had a great start out of the out of the bubble and then we, we won, you know, a few games at home um, and the, the, the atmosphere was crazy. It was, it was just so good to be able to have back, even having like, you know, a smaller stadium that we do at Pacific, um, the, the fans are electric. They, you know, they, they love coming to games and it's, it's always, it's always um, 
it's always a good atmosphere there. That is one of the things I have noticed with Pacific FC, and I've only got over to the one game, but when I have been there, you know, that's what I've noticed, the fervency and the energy of, of the fans, and there's an excitement when fans are coming in and, you know, there's something special, I think, brewing with the Canadian Premier League. And, you know, if I couple that alongside with how well the national team's doing, it really seems like football or soccer, if we word it that way, it's, it's certainly on the grow here in Canada. Yeah, I, I would I would have to agree. It's 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 only going up. Um, and it, it's not just, you know, it's not just obviously Pacific that has uh, a good atmosphere. Um, and and the good thing with it too is obviously you know everyone has supporters and and diehards um, with within uh, within um, within the stadium, but when when stuff is you know going well and exciting you know exciting goal exciting play you know tackle free kick whatever is happening almost the whole stadium is is jumping in on the excitement and mm -hmm. it, it it's like it's like felt like as a whole uh, a whole family there you know mm -hmm. um, and. Like like I said just just before, um, it's not just us. We we go to, we go to games away where the 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 atmosphere is just as good, if not. I would say a little bit less. Obviously, I I'm a little biased in saying Pacific has the best fans, um, but um, it, it it does it does help that it's not just the League of Canada that's you know growing, um, and and it's it's finally we we have our own. Uh, our own tier one league but the national team as i as we speak right now is just you know killing it in in the in their in their um qualifications for the world cup you know this the, we, we've just cracked the top 50 in um in uh, in fifa's rankings for the first time in years and years and years and it's you know you could say it's um um coincidence but i mean i don't think it is that um both the league and the national team are excelling currently yeah I, there's no way it's a coincidence i just think it's it, it's the the level of athlete and the level of player is constantly evolving and getting better and going up and canada certainly growing alongside that and they the quality of players coming through from canada now is is phenomenal you know there's Canadian players littered all across Europe in the top leagues as well. Um, obviously, getting you know their own Premier League is is massive. Um, and one of the things about about the Canadian Premier League and Pacific FC, you know, we mentioned you know the fervency and the energy of the fans, and you mentioned the family atmosphere, you know, that you felt since being there. Tell me a little bit about Pacific FC as a club and the family nature and and how it runs and how you have you felt since joining Pacific um like i said it's been somewhat of a dream come true earlier um it, it really has in terms of not just playing and doing well but just living living out here on the island is 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 been a dream come true uh i've been you know to other teams where it's been you know strictly kind of business uh like where it's you know i'm here just to play football and everyone is just doing their job but you know when you show up to training in the morning, you know, we're, we're with everyone. We, we, we are there with the players, we're there with the coaches, the, uh, the front end staff, you know, we're, we're there with the sales team. We're there with GMs, like everyone's always there day to day. And the, 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 the atmosphere of just being there uh, on a day to day basis is, is very family like as well, where everyone, you know, is super friendly. Everyone is there trying to achieve the same goal where, where, you know, it might be a little split where we don't even, you know, some teams may not even ever see the, uh, the front end staff and they don't see the, the behind the scenes, but 
everyone there is together and you know we, everyone gets along it's it's been it's been great to um to have that as well um part of like the family absolutely and i think that obviously for you guys as players you know that must encourage you guys to you know to perform when you feel that atmosphere and that energy and that positivity you know whether you guys are going out to trade whether you guys are going out to play you must feed that energy so to speak to go out and play so tell me a little bit about training and the intensity and the professionalism of training um how important is it to to take training professionally it is probably more important in my opinion to be giving your 100% and pushing yourself in training than it is in a game because if you know that may come off as silly because the game is where it matters but um the game is only um a product of how you train if you train you know all week or for multiple weeks at a time and it's a low level you're not pushing yourself you're not pushing your teammates you you won't be able to perform as a player in the game um it is it is super important every day to be in a good mindset um to to be positive uh to yourself and to your teammates and we've got some of the best coaches honestly um to help with that because um they've they've all had um previous professional experience uh Pamo Duka, our, our head coach um you know recently just retired and he's played at the top level nas- uh internationally for um all over Europe and with his national team uh, in Norway. And, you know, he, he knows exactly how a proper training environment should be. And, you know, he, he's very, very vocal and very um, upfront. If, if something's not correct, you know, and he, he sees people say maybe slacking off or not doing the right things, he, he'll get right on you um, um, to make sure you're really doing everything you can in training. And then, that obviously transpires to us as players. If we see ourselves or we see other players on our team not doing it, then, you know, it's, we, we push each other. It's, it's, it's fantastic to hear that because the standard is set so high, you know, and it's almost like the you maintain that standards and then that's what brings it out in the games. And that's obviously served you well all season, given, you know, the league position, given where you are in the cups as well. Um, one of the key moments this season in the cup, and it was the game that I got across for, it was Pacific and the Whitecaps. That has to be one of the best memories for you from maybe since you've put on a Pacific shirt. You know, I know you've spent time at Toronto. You spent time at the Whitecaps. What was that like for you, that whole experience? And for you guys at Pacific and the fans and everyone that encompassed that that night, because that was a phenomenal, not only just a phenomenal result for you, it was a phenomenal game of football and it was a phenomenal atmosphere and advert for football here in BC. You, you hit the nail on the head a few times there. Uh, for me personally, um, it actually was the best game, uh, of my life actually, because it was a very personal game for me. Like you said, I spent quite a bit of time, uh, with the Whitecaps, um, football, uh, football club. And for me to be able to, you know, win that game the way we did too, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, the way sometimes the underdog wins a game where they just set up two banks of four, two strikers, whatever, defend on the 18, hit them on the counter. And maybe we'll score a set piece, whatever, but just defend for our lives and we'll see how it goes. You know, we, we came out like guns ablazing. We were going to take the game to them and to, to win in the fashion that we did with four goals. And, you know, I obviously was an upset, but 
the the way we did it was the biggest the biggest thing and for me personally like i said playing there before to be able to have done that to my old club you know for whatever reason some people say um is um what am i trying to say the uh you know kind of stick it to them like this is you know this is this is this is for getting rid of me kind of thing um but um not just as um myself for the the club itself and for the fans and whoever was there that night obviously said you were there it was unbelievable we we had a fully packed stadium you know obviously some people were there taking the ferry over from vancouver to cheer for their team but it was definitely a pacific night um every time we scored every time there was a, a crazy moment in the game it was amazing we almost broke some um broke the 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 siding where fans were when we were celebrating it was it was unbelievable and i'm sure for pacific um supporters themselves it had to have been the best game they've been to as well because it it, it really was kind of the the one game where you would say that that's our season uh as a whole you know like um first place right now in the in the cpl semifinals against toronto fc soon in the canada championship from obviously starting off winning that game uh it kind of just puts it our, our team together as that's who we are yeah it is it's it's sort of really kind of encompasses everything about you guys this season and i think one of the things that you said there which i really caught was it wasn't like an underdog story where it was banks of four park the bus smash and grab it was very much let's get out let's get in their face let's play our way of playing football let's attack let's get at them let's even try and control the ball control possession there was no fear and that's what i noticed as a fan you know sometimes you go to these games where it is an underdog versus a favorite and in cup games and you, you certainly see a team coming out being a bit wary of an opponent but there was a fearlessness i felt yes. about pacific that night where there was just a desire to go out and play and about that mindset would that come down from the coaching staff the players the self-belief in the group of players what's that atmosphere like in the changing room yeah we we obviously um expect the best from us um we we wouldn't go into any game thinking we can lose or thinking we're going to lose you know we, we obviously go into every game believing we can win and the this being our first game against an mls team you know we didn't want to change that that uh, that mindset obviously there's two teams on the on the field and it's it's a best of one game whoever wins wins so why not just go out and give everything you can right like mm -hmm. like i said uh, we we didn't we didn't want to let them dictate the game and try and catch them on a lucky counter you know mm -hmm. and just defend the whole game we wanted to do what we thought we could and and, and leave it in our hands you could say and mm -hmm. and really take it to them so the 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 mindset isn't just obviously one person, a couple people saying it and then coming from, um, coming from, you know, say a leader. Um, we all really, you could see just by the way everyone played that every single person on the field and every single person on the bench and everyone, even in the stands, I'd, I'd, I'd argue are watching the game, believe that we were going to win that game. It was an incredible game of football. And I think, like I said, it epitomizes a lot of what Pacific FC are about about the style of play and things like that. But I want to touch on a, a topic that you've mentioned several times, it's mindset. Uh, how important is a strong mindset and having the mentality to be driven to succeed and consistently perform at the top level? How important is that for a professional footballer to succeed? Um, I would say it is probably the most important thing 
um, you know, in, in the modern day football because, or, or I would say um, over the years, um, people might think it's all, it's a physical game. Everything has to do with technique and your physicality, but it, it's, it's become a much more, in my opinion, methodical game now, nowadays in the modern day football where it's not just about how athletic you are and, you know, how good is your first touch? Can you, can you kick a ball 80 yards? You know, it's, it's a lot about mind games, knowing what the player is going to do, their tendencies, you know, what am I good at? How am I going to exploit this, this, um, this situation? How can I turn it in my, in my favor? And it's, it's not just about on the fly thinking it's about, um, mindset going into it, you know, being positive, um, encouraging, people around me you know it's not just a, a one-man show it's obviously a team game nine 11 players on the field uh 18 players rostered rostered and coaches um so if i'm an absolutely you know specimen when it comes to my physicality sprinting and uh you know jumping high strength whatever it may be that i excel at um it's not going to get you far unless you can't you know use your brain because um it football isn't obviously what you see on the field for 90 minutes for a game. Um, it's what you do. It's what you do day to day in training. It's what you do after training. It's what you do when you sleep. It's what you, you know, everything that you do leading up to that game is really what transpires on the field. And, you know, being super fast or being, you know, having a great first touch isn't going to excel you what you're doing at home, you know, what you're doing at night, you know, training, what, what excels you is like what you're going to, how you train your, uh, your mind and going into these things. Yeah, it is. It's, it's encompasses everything, isn't it? You know, it's, it's even your nutrition, your hydration, your sleep pattern. It's, it's everything. And it's almost what we would see as fans for 90 minutes on a pitch. That's almost just the end product. The behind the scenes or behind the curtain is like pretty much everything else that we maybe don't see, but that's what actually contributes to that performance on a pitch. And it all comes from that mindset. And from that mindset, you obviously have to be heavily motivated to be able to operate at that level. So if I could ask you this, what is your, what, what motivates you? What makes you want to pursue excellence? Um, I grew up as a very competitive person. Um, so when I first started, you know, getting into sports, um, I didn't just play soccer. Uh, I played almost anything I could. And my initial drive was, I just wanted to win at everything I did. <laughs> uh, it's a very, a very, um, not childish, but, you know, childlike mindset where I just want to be the best at everything, you know, and some people may lose it. Some people keep it. It may, you know, transform in some way. Um, and I kind of kept that mindset where I just want to be the best at everything I can uh, every, or everything that I do. Um, obviously I know I'm not good at certain things, but if I'm doing something, I want to be the, the best that I can be. Um, and that's kind of what's driven me to, you know, kind of turn football into a career. And um, I just want to be, I just want to be the best that I can. So every day, every day at training, uh, when I go home, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing things that would say hinder my performance. Um, when I, when I show up at training, I, I try to do, I try to give my 100% uh, that I can, um, cause I know it's gonna, you know, do me well in the long run. Um, and that's, that's what's kind of driven me, you know, to, to, to get to this point and to, to push on is, is pretty much just wanting to be the best that I can be.
And with that mentality of being the best you can be, would you set yourself goals at all um, throughout the season or for the season? And if so, what type of goals would you set or how would you measure yourself? Uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty good with setting goals, actually. Um, my goals aren't super outrageous. Um, set one goal for my whole life, and that's the goal I achieve or I try to achieve. I, I, I like to set goals that are, are always attainable, in my opinion. Um, and I like to set many. So a goal may be for this one week, it could be for this game, what I want to do for this goal, or what do I want to do um, for these next couple of weeks, or what do I want to do at training tomorrow? Oh, but generally, it's, it's kind of something that I think that I've needed to work on um, in, say, games previously, um, or training previously, or say, my coaches have, you know, pointed out something that could be something for me to, to work on. And they can be, you know, anything from, um, okay, I want to really make sure I win all my headers this 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 uh, this match. I really, okay, I'm up against, you know, a pacey winger. I want to I want to make sure I always get really tight and don't let the winger ever uh, get an opportunity to use his pace or his, you know, trickery on the ball. Um, um, and then, you know, I'll always set a season long goal, but it's 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 pretty. Um, it's pretty vague. It's never like a one thing where I want to make sure I get five assists and start 25 games. It's usually, um, okay. I want to grow on what I did last year. So last year, obviously we had a shorter season. Uh, I got some good minutes, um, playing with, you know, one of the best, uh, players in the league, in my opinion, Marcel de Jong. And, you know, I really kind of proved myself as a player. Uh, and then I wanted to grow on that. I want to say, okay, I want to become the starter this season. I want to, grow and do all the things that I did previously, you know, play simple, be strong in the tackle, uh, use my voice um, to, to, to help my teammates around me, whether it be tactically or just encouraging them. Yeah. And, um, you know, every day I kind of try to check it or every, every game or every few, few training sessions, I like to get check in on, on the, obviously the end goal. Um, but they're never usually like career long goals. It's really just the season. And um uh, little goals along the way because I feel the little goals will obviously help you attain the end season or the, the end goal uh, for the season um, where they all always or sorry they all uh, kind of still um, link up with the end goal yeah absolutely I think all those small goals you all lead to somewhere you know what I mean it's it's like you keep short accounts with yourself those short goals those Win every header this game, win every tackle this game, this winger doesn't get a chance this game. Little things like that and it all builds to obviously the ultimate goal, which is your team winning three points on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever the game may be. Or last night where, where it was a Tuesday night, you know, you get your three points at the end, those small goals, and they ultimately lead to a successful season for your team. Uh, but to move on slightly to something else, it's I call this portion the match fit performance portion of the podcast um give me a, a typical day in your life um of a training day in your life at pacific fc yeah so the most um common training day will lead to me waking up in the morning uh, at around uh, 7 38 a.m uh, my report time for training is 8 45 mm -hmm. um so waking up and leaving i like to have somewhat of a 
a relaxing morning where um, I eat the same breakfast every day. Um, I, I have a bowl of oatmeal and put a lot of, you know, good nutritious stuff in there, where, uh, like protein powder, peanut butter, uh, frozen blueberries, you know, good oats. Um, and uh, then head off to training. Uh, training uh, starts will be uh, 10 a.m. So I have just over an hour, obviously, to prepare for training. Um, and in that time, I don't just, you know, wait for training to happen, um, get changed right away, um, then start doing prehab exercises. So obviously, you know, it's a long season. Everyone have different kind of niggling injuries or places they need to, to work on for, for uh, strengths, weaknesses. Um, and we've been usually given those to us by our uh, strength and conditioning um, coaches. And uh, I do those in that, in, in that time, as well as preparing uh, for the training session. So I like to do a good in the change room warm up where, uh, where I get all my muscles firing. So once training does start, it's, I don't need to be warm to start training. I'm already ready to go once training starts. Uh, then obviously we have a training session. Then when training's done, um, we'll have sometimes right after training, we'll be able to see a chiropractor. We'll have massages, we'll have Pilates sessions or a gym workout. Um, and they, they obviously vary day to day. And then, uh, the day is usually done in terms of training, uh, with the club at around one to 2 PM. And then I'm on my own. Uh, so once I get home, I like to, you know, obviously do some relaxing stuff. Uh, I don't like to do too much, um, physically demand too much, too much of a physically demanding, um, day afterwards. I like to recover. So I might just, you know, mellow out on the couch for a little bit or, you know, play some video games with some friends or watch a movie with my girlfriend. Um, and then usually a nice, good home cooked meal, uh, with my girlfriend as well. And then, um, somewhat of an early bed anywhere between 10 to 10 30, uh, to, to get the, the next day ready. It's, it's an all, uh, it's a very full day when you're a professional footballer, you know, with everything that comes with it, because you have to be so switched on to everything, you know, like you mentioned, the niggling injuries or the, you know, the prehab before working out, before going to training. Do you find that that's helped you um, over the course of your career? Because a lot of our listeners are going to be kids who want to become professional footballers or young adults who have maybe signed their first professional contract or maybe in an academy somewhere and, we're giving them little golden nuggets of wisdom throughout this podcast. And what I want to know is what you do before you actually start corporate training. When you go in early and you start doing your stretches or your little warm up of, you know, working out the little things you have niggles with, has that helped you that individual focus throughout your career? A hundred percent. So when obviously the team training starts at 10, uh, obviously that's not the beginning of training for you personally. It's just when obviously everyone starts together. Um, those those exercises, stretches, um, you know, strength exercises, or um, using roll uh, softball uh, soft tissue work, whether it be like a softball massage gun, whatever, um, is just as important uh, because you need to, you need to take care of your body now now more than ever with how with how physically demanding the game is getting you know, everyone's training more, everyone's training harder, everyone's doing uh, stuff after training, you know, games are coming thick and fast, you know, every, every season, usually you'd play once a week, we've played almost once every four days this season. Um, and if you're not on top of 
uh, your recovery, your nutrition, your prehab, um, you will break down. And it's, it's, it's what'll obviously hurt you if you can't play. Cause the whole point is obviously games. And if you can't prepare in training and, you know, what you do leading up to the game, then you won't be able to play. Um, so the, obviously the biggest thing stopping you would be an injury. And it is so important to do multiple things before training. It's not just mobility. It's not just soft tissue work. It's not just strength exercises. You do have to do them all um, because they'll all play a part in keeping you healthy. You need to be, you obviously need to do the stretches to stay limber. If you, if you're stiff, obviously the older you get, um, you may not see it when you're younger. You know, I, I saw it, or I didn't see it when I was younger. When I was a kid, I, I thought I could run forever. I could never get hurt. I always felt, I always felt energetic, um, never felt stiff. You know, you may have sore muscles, but you, you felt like, you felt like Superman. Um, and staying on top of stretching is very important. Staying on top of uh, getting into your muscles with soft tissue work, making sure they're, they're nice and loose. And then obviously the strength exercises, if, if you're someone with a history of groin problems, um, you need to make sure you're doing exercises specifically to uh, one strengthen the groin and two make sure the groin's warm for when you start uh, training. Because if you don't get it warm, then obviously it's a, you're, you're much more likely to get hurt. So those, those prehab uh, routines, I would say are extremely important. Uh, if I were to put a cap on uh, obviously what you need to do before training. And that's the thing as well, you know, like there's so much that goes into what you need to do before training and it's it's individual focused towards, you know, whatever that person might need. So what you do might be different to what someone else does. But what's very, very interesting about your journey and your story, um, maybe anyone that plays in the, you know, in the, in the Canadian Premier League is the amount of sheer travel. You know, you mentioned you sometimes you could have a game every four days. There is an enormous amount of traveling involved with this league. And I think, especially for a lot of our listeners in the UK, the UK is incredibly small compared to Canada. Um, for example, you know, you can fit about, was it 14 United Kingdoms inside British Columbia, I think, or something like that. Um, but when you guys go away, you're not bouncing on a train and going two hours down the road. You're flying five, sometimes six hours across the country, multiple flights and things like that. So your body, your nutrition, your hydration, your sleep, everything has to be on it. Um, in terms of the travel schedule and stuff, is that something that you have to factor into your recovery and to, you know, your warm ups and things like that, trying to figure all that out on top of playing a game of football? It, it does. Yeah. So like you said, the amount of traveling is, is crazy for Canada. Um, and being uh, located in Victoria, British Columbia, we're on the westmost side of Canada, and we obviously have games on almost the eastmost side of Canada uh, in Halifax. Uh, we went there this year, um, and the travel was crazy. Like it's the whole day. You, you don't leave the country, but you're gone for the entire day, right? And traveling by airplane really takes a toll on your body so if you don't do the things that you can to help yourself recover you're going to be stiff for, for two days even because you're going to be sitting down in an airplane all cramped uh and up in the sky where it's you know much different um air than it is down on the ground it's going to be much drier um so you're going to be dehydrated you're going to be 
tight, you're going to be sore and you need to make sure you're really doing all the things that you can uh, in terms of recovery to be prepared for the game because you're not just traveling and then playing a game in a week. You, you know, you, you travel and play a game the next day or two days from then. Um, so it's very, very important that you do what you can before you leave. You do what you can during the flight, whether it be, you, you know, you get good equipment such as um, like compression pants or socks, um, you know, having a massage gun with you on hand, uh, getting up every time you can, um, every, every hour or half hour, if you can, to, to, to just move your legs, get your blood flowing, and then having a, uh, water with you at all times. And then when, you know, obviously when you get there, doing a, a good, a good, you know, say pool recovery session or a walk and stretch, whatever it, it is. Obviously people have preferences. Uh, some may say they, they, they would like to, you know, do a light workout in the gym or some might like to do a pool session and hot tub going hot and cold or, you know, a walk and stretch. Um, so what, you know, you got to find the stuff that's good for you, but you do have to do it. Otherwise it will hinder you in the game once you've traveled you know, six, seven, eight hours to, to, to just play a game. Yeah, exactly. And to put into context for our listeners, Halifax, Nova Scotia is closer to Dublin, Ireland than it is to Victoria, British Columbia. To put that into context for people listening, you know, that's how far Jordan and Pacific and vice versa when, when Halifax are coming out to BC, you know, that's, that's how far these guys are actually traveling prior to playing a game of football. And it's incredible. And you mentioned, you know, the pool session or the hot pool session and massages and stuff like that. In terms of your recovery, what are, what do you use? What methods do you like to use in terms to help aid your recovery? Uh, I, so I own my own massage gun. I like to use it um, on muscle groups that are generally always tight for me. Um, to make sure, you know, I'm not stiff once I get out. Um, I like to, to get up, um, during the plane. Um, cause what me sitting down, I've, I've actually got a pretty tight back. So on a plane is actually really bad for me. So if I'm not getting up, then, uh, I can even wake up the next morning with a sore lower back. So doing those things that I can on the plane are, are um, really necessary for me. Um, and then on top of, uh, using the massage gun, um, my team will always have a nice pool session once we get there. Um, and those generally are really good for me too. I like to get into, um, uh, a good, a good movement, you know, pattern that we do with the team. And then once we're on our own time, I like to, you know, kind of relax a bit in the hot tub, just to let my muscles relax from the, the long, the long travel day. That's, that's kind of my preference. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's vital to know what works for you as well, you know, and you're able to, you know, to pinpoint that you have your own massage gun and you know how you work in the swimming pool and then into the hot tub and everything that comes alongside that. But as we begin to wrap this up, I want to ask you a couple of quick fire sort of questions to find out a bit more just about you and about your mindset and, and have a bit of fun with you. Um, what's the best piece of coaching advice that you've ever received? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> Uh, like you said, rapid fire, I like to, you know, kind of say instinctively, um, uh, the best piece of, um, advice I actually got was when I was a, a young player, I was, I believe 12 or 13 years old. And I was, when I was still living in Ontario, um, it was when I was playing in the, the provincial system, uh, here in Canada and my coach Patrick Tobo gave me, uh, or he, he, he loved to say this line that, uh, talk is cheap and, you know, when you're young, you may not really understand what he's saying. You may, you may either have it go in through one ear and out the other, 
or you may not fully understand what it is, but um, it really means that, you know, whatever you say means nothing unless you do it. Mm -hmm. So you can say all this stuff and if you don't do it, then it means nothing, right? Like you, you can, you can have uh, goals and you can have a good mindset or you may, you may say you want to have a good mindset, but if you don't actually do it, then obviously nothing will transpire. So you, you really got to make sure that you do the things that you say and don't just be um, a broken record and having talk be meaning nothing and you don't do anything. That's, that's what I, I've taken away. Yeah. I mean, some of my, some of the favorite, my favorite players that when I was a kid growing up, Roy Kane, Steven Gerrard, you know, and when I hear people talk about them, they always talked about them as leaders, but they always talked about them as leading by example, that they would never shouting and screaming. They were just first on the training pitch. They gave a hundred percent and then they left. And that that's what left the impression on most people. And I always find that fascinating, you know, just to go in there and give that hard work and how I could just rub off on other people as well that, you know, that energy yeah. level, that dedication, I always find that so, so fascinating. And as I mentioned, Roy Keane and Stephen Gerrard, for me, who was it for you growing up? I know you played multiple sports, but and when it came to football, was there anyone in particular that you stood out for you? Uh, yes, there is. And it's kind of funny because um, obviously I'm a defender and growing up, the, the player that actually got me into the love of the game for football um, was Thierry Henry. <laughs> Um, my mom had just put on uh, an Arsenal versus, I believe, Manchester United match. And it was during the season that they were the Invincibles. And, you know, obviously the player that Thierry Henry was, he was unbelievable. Um, had an outstanding career. You know, he would go down and he'll go down in history as one of the best players to ever play. And I just kind of fell in love with how he played football. Um, you know, obviously I can't really learn from him as a player to become a better defender but you know obviously you can take anything away from any football player um with just the you know he, he loved to play you know he, he he had fun doing it you know he did it with style he did it his own way you know he had his own way of playing and you know that kind of that kind of uh was my ticket into football uh, itself really yeah it's funny, isn't it? You know, you, you see a match, you see a goal, you see a player and that's you sort of fixated, you know, on that player, on that, you know, moment, on that match. And all of a sudden you become a fan for life from that moment. And yeah. for Terry Henry as well, you know, he done very well out in Montreal. He was really well liked out there. It's a pity it didn't last a little bit longer, but even in the coaching side, um, he was really well loved out in Montreal. So I like that answer, Terry Henry. So when I loved growing up as well, um, what, what about your favorite food? Uh, what do you eat before a game? Um, so I have changed it up a little bit. Uh, throughout this whole season, like I said, I eat the same thing for breakfast every morning. Yeah. Um, I'm a person that likes to have um, a regimen. Mm -hmm. um, I like to do everything the same. I like to do everything at the same time, whatever, you know, um, uh, and, and not change much uh, if I can. Um, so I started out the season always making like pad thai noodles. Um, I I'd have rice noodles with, you know, chopped up tofu and then some roasted vegetables, you know, onions, carrots, peppers, whatever. Um, and then making a nice pad thai sauce. Um, it's kind of somewhat changed a little bit because, you know, my girlfriend has actually got gotten quite sick of eating the same thing. But I, I like to eat um, 
you know, if I, if I can keep it as close as possible, you know, a carb heavy dish with some, you know, lean protein, um, um, like tofu and then, you know, get vegetables just to, you know, obviously stay healthy. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of, that's kind of what it is now. It, it could change from, you know, say pasta or maybe just another Asian inspired dish, but yeah. I feel you. My wife is exactly the same. I, the amount of sheer pasta dishes I cook is, is unbelievable. She's just, just sick of it, but it is what it is. And it's easy to cook a big batch as well. So that's yeah. my go. That's my go to. Um, what, what about halftime or anything? Would you have anything at halftime? Um, I don't really have a set ritual for halftime. I like to kind of just, you know, sit down, digress from the half, say maybe we're losing or Maybe I got into a heated argument or, you know, a, a set, a certain play where maybe I got a yellow uh, and it was a, maybe a hard tackle or maybe I got hurt in a tackle. Um, I kind of like to just move on and, you know, take a step away from what happened in the first half and focus on what I need to do in the second half. So I kind of just like to take away for a bit right before, you know, our, we're going to have our, our coaches come in or players step up and, say what needs to what needs to change or what we need to keep doing for the second half um and then obviously you know there's really important things like water uh, i like to get electrolytes some some quick sugars whether it be from uh gatorade or um you know gummies or whatever um but not too much obviously i don't want to have a bloated stomach or cramps once i get back out there but i like to more or less you know turn over into okay what's next uh for my my, my halftime interesting interesting yeah. stuff as well because everyone's so different as well at halftime and what i want to ask you now is about any rituals or superstitions um you know you've mentioned you know you like your regiments and stuff like that what about prior to a game do you have a ritual or something you do before every game of football um so my i guess you could say ritual would really be my you know regiment um I like to, you know, I'll put the same sock on first. I'll always, you know, undo my socks and put my right sock on and then my left sock. Okay. Then my, my, my right boot goes on first and then my left boot. Um, you know, I like to always do the same thing. Um, cause it just kind of, you know, just puts me in a good mindset where, you know, um, change can, you know, scare people sometimes if something they don't understand, um, can kind of frighten them. So I like to keep everything, you know, as some, uh, used to, uh, uh some, stuff that I am used to as possible. Um, so leading up to the game, um, I'll, I'll never feel, Oh, whoa, 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 what just happened? Like I I'm kind of, you know, in a place that I've never been before. Uh, it could be something silly as like, Oh, I don't have the right under armors for this game, you know, to put on, um, is something going to go differently? You know, it could be something silly like that, but I like to just make sure everything's, you know, lining up for me to, to do the same thing over and over and over fascinating stuff and another one i want to ask you about this will be the last one of these questions is who's the best and who's the worst person to sit beside on those long flights or those long bus trips um so for the best i, I wouldn't say there's a single person but the type of person so when you're on a long trip um someone like myself i do like to keep to myself um so if i'm beside someone you know that's uh, a little bit smaller and wants to sleep the whole time i'm in i'm in uh i'm in love you know like that's exactly <laughs> perfect for me i i gotta do my own thing i don't gotta worry about anything i get it you know if i want to sleep i can sleep if i want to you know just sit there and i don't have to worry about getting up all the time from someone else or you know someone you know obviously it might sound rude but someone talking to me um 
that's 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 my best case scenario and then obviously the worst type of person might be someone that's you know generally bigger going to get in my space you know say i'm in the middle seat i had no no choice um if i had two bigger guys beside me on my team you know it's going to really cramp my space it's going to make me feel a little bit more claustrophobic and if you know they're generally making a commotion noise moving that it's going to really suck for me. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. I'm glad you didn't name names there. That would have been really yeah. awkward, but that was good fun. That was good fun. And um, as we wrap this up now, if you could offer one piece of advice um, to any young person listening to this, what piece of advice would you offer them? Um, so whenever I have the opportunity to give advice, I actually give the same thing every time. And it is whenever you have an opportunity to try or give 100% um, of yourself in, do it. Um, if you're letting days go by where you kind of just go through the motions and you kind of wasted a day, you could say, um, you're really hurting yourself. You're not hurting anyone else. You know, um, no one's going to suffer from that except yourself. If you, if you let too many days go by where you really didn't try the hardest you could to get better or to, to work on something, um, then, like I said, the only person that's going to suffer is you. Yeah, absolutely agree with that 100%. And for our listeners, this, this conversation will be filled with lots of golden nuggets that they can take away, that you can take away, and you can apply to yourself in your own footballing journey. And for anyone else that's listening to this, if you're still wondering what this is all about, footballing journey, what, what's going on, how you can better yourself, Check out Match Fit Football, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for any of your footballing needs. If anyone wants to connect with you, Jordan, where are you online so people can follow your journey? Um, so I am on uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, and uh, Facebook. Um, I have the same. I have the same handle um, for Twitter and face. Uh, sorry, Twitter and Instagram. And it's at ninety six J Haynes, spelled out just my initial and last name. Um, and, you know, I like to keep uh, updated with, you know, how my season's going, obviously, with um, what I'm doing on the pitch and sometimes off the pitch. Um, so that's that's where you can find me. Yeah, yeah guys, check out Jordan's uh, socials. Give him a follow. Give him a like. See what he's up to as well. And also check out YouTube, the Pacific FC. All the highlights go up there. If you can't get over to a game, wherever you are in the world, check out the highlights. See what they're up to. They've had a phenomenal season. It's not over yet. There's still some really big big football matches to be played and Jordan I wish you well in that I wish Pacific well in that I'm excited to see what happens for you guys for the rest of the season and I just want to thank you for your time tonight and thank our listeners for listening in as well yeah I really appreciate that I, I can't I can't wait to see what happens with the season two you know playoffs coming up and going deep in the Canada championship and you know for 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 the podcast uh, you know, I I love doing stuff like this and I've had a, I've had a good chat too it's been uh, it's been awesome to be here but Jordan, appreciate that. And guys, thanks again for listening. We'll be back with you next week.